Welcome to this week's episode of Deep Tech 315. That's Doug. I'm Gene. Our three topics today are Apple exits the car business. Next, we're going to talk about Figure uh, Robotics, late-stage private company that uh, is gaining a lot of attention. And last, we're going to talk more about Google, some of the things that they're navigating, and what this means for X.AI. And we'll go back to the top, Doug. Apple announces, doesn't announce, but through Mark Gurman at Bloomberg, his astute reporting uh, that Apple is exiting the car business. I had a flashback to May of 2017, where I long prophesied that Apple would do a television. And that is when it was reported that Apple was ending its bid to build an actual television. It taught me an important lesson that Apple can work on projects, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they will see the light of day. And so I was dead wrong, 100% dead wrong when it comes to Apple television. When it comes to the car, I was saying it was a coin toss, whether or not that was going to see the light of day. Even though publicly I was saying it was a coin toss, internally I was thinking it was greater than a 50% chance, just given the level of investment that Apple had put into this product. Uh, by my estimates, a billion dollars per year. Now, that may seem like a uh, small relative to what we're hearing thrown around in the AI world, but in Apple's product world, this is real money that they're putting into this for almost a decade. But the reason why I wanted to talk about this is outside of them getting out of the business, to me, it really begs a question. Uh, they want to focus more on artificial intelligence here. Steve Jobs in 2007 just before the iPhone came out, announced that they were delaying a product, uh, uh, the Leopard, one of their Mac OSs, because they wanted to put more focus on getting the iPhone ready for a June 2007 launch. And he let off that press release saying that life has trade-offs, and this was the best. In this case, uh, it sounds like Apple is navigating the trade-off between building a car or pushing more into generative AI. I think life is about trade-offs and I, I think the car example is the perfect uh, story about that. When Whenever you're predicting that something's going to happen, you're putting odds on it. This is how odds work. When you see a company like Apple investing billions of dollars into a car, the odds are they're going to do something with it. Same with the television. I don't think it's wrong to have expected that those things were going to come because the odds suggested that they were going to come. Uh, being a contrarian is great when you go against the odds. Usually contrarians are wrong. When they're right, they're really right. So that's why being contrarian is interesting. As it pertains to AI, I think that this is probably the right decision for Apple. Obviously, if they didn't think the car was going to make it in market and be impactful, um, I think that's a signal in and of itself. But the reality is we're in an AI age, and that wasn't necessarily the case when they started investing in Project Titan several years ago. I think that that's something that's really emerged more over the last, you know, year, 16, 18 months. And so a Apple had to recognize that in the marketplace, uh, it doesn't matter what the odds say when the situation around the game changes. And I think they probably made the right decision. Yeah, I really wish they would have been able to do both of them, understand that there are trade-offs. And I think that the timing of this, ending this project is related to AI. They've had other opportunities. They've reworked the business by my account, had three changes of leadership over the past decade. They've had significant redirections in what they're focusing on within Titan. And so the idea of turmoil in Titan is, is not new, but I think the fact that the project was killed is related, directly related to 
AI. And it, uh, for me, begs the question about then, uh, first on the top line growth piece is that Apple's business hasn't grown over the last six quarters. I think it's a steady state business. It should grow right around 5%. One of the reasons why I was excited about the car is it's a large addressable market. You know how much I love big TAMs. And in this case, by my math, if they got 10% of the automotive market, that could have increased their overall business by about 60%. Pretty big lever there. And I, I think... Uh, this kind of gets me to believe that to, for investors, just to think about Apple's top line is more or less around 5%. But do you think that generative AI in different forms can be a step up in terms of Apple's overall growth rate? Well, if we go back to the concept of odds. Um, I don't think Apple probably thought it could get 10% of the global auto market. I think that estimation to me feels high. Uh, luxury product, right? I mean, we're talking about Tesla battling its way over for more than a decade now to try to get to 10%. And so internally, everything about how is Apple thinking about the odds of, is it worth it to keep investing in this auto opportunity that has some TAM behind it or this opportunity around AI that has some attached TAM to it? My guess is they were probably thinking they get some number lower than 10% given it'd be a luxury product. So maybe it's three or four or five or something like that. So I just want to set the framework. That's probably a smaller number than that estimation. If you put it in that Makes context, sense. I do think that you have to then do the math of if we add really compelling and unique AI features to the iPhone, could that accelerate sales cycles? The most popular smartphone in the world. Um, that might be something that really does move the needle meaningfully uh, relative to, you know, a, a new car, a new product um, that wouldn't have uh, as quick of a sales cycle as the iPhone. Yeah, on top of that, you can have, uh, like we discussed in the past, is generative AI related to personalized AI, which we think we'll get a, the first preview at at WWDC this year. And so that potentially could be a subscription type of business longer term, or just like you said, kind of embedding more of generative AI into their core products. They still haven't figured out search. And am I talking about search, like internet search, just search on Apple devices through texts across the board. I think that that is still a measurable pain point, at least in my life. And I'd love for them to see that, making that better in their products would want me to upgrade more often. And so uh, it's funny. that I, is- I think I chime in and say it's on, on Twitter now X. There are a bunch of people who are responding to this story about Apple focusing more on generative AI and basically just saying, please just make Siri functional. Like that would be a yeah. huge W. So the bar is low on Siri for, for whatever that's worth. Yeah, pretty much does timers and weather today is a low bar and I look forward to them stepping comfortably above that, at least laying that groundwork this summer. We're going to shift to our second topic, which is uh, a company that maybe uh, some of you haven't heard of its figure. Uh, they are a humanoid robot. Think of like Optimus Prime. They just raised uh, Optimus Prime, but uh, from a private company that obviously Optimus Prime being Tesla's humanoid. Uh, they just raised, how much was it, Doug? Five hundred six seventy five two point six billion dollar valuation, and Elon talks about this as just a massive long term, probably the biggest opportunity, just because it changes the whole structure of economies when you start to really automate labor across the board. And uh, I was uh, uh, kind of thinking this in the context of what is Tesla investing in. Quick reminder: Tesla's ramping up their capex, their overall investing. <laughs> Pretty significantly 
They're at eight and a half billion for 2023 in capex. They're going to 10 billion. This optimist plays a little bit into this. Uh, going to 10 billion for 2024 or more, exceed 10 uh, 10 billion, and they hinted at their analyst day last year that it would be on a run rate of 20 plus billion per year going forward. And so, when I see this, I think David versus Goliath here, figure versus Optimus Prime. Is that the right way to think about it, or do you think a smaller company, they've got a ton of money, can compete with something what Elon's trying to build with Optimus? I think the competition will be hard, but I think it's also valuable. I mean, it's it's uh, analogous to probably another topic we'll get to in a minute, but Google, the huge, well-capitalized uh, cash flow generating incumbent in AI versus OpenAI, the scrappy startup that uh, arguably over the past couple of years has taken the lead from Google. Um, so you never really know what can happen in markets when you give a decent amount of capital to a creative scrappy team that's really just focused on one thing. That's kind of the magic, I think, with startups. And so I think, again, let's go back to our conversation. Odds is like the theme of our deep tech today. The odds are probably that Optimus has a better shot at winning the market than figure. But uh, if you're a contrarian, maybe there's uh, maybe there's something to that. Yeah, and through our venture investing like you said, is anytime you're raising more than 500 million, that's that's enough money to keep things moving in the right direction. So wish them all the best because I think the concept of a humanoid is a powerful impact on really taking AI to the physical world. So our final topic is a carryover from last week. This is the gift that keeps giving for Deep Tech 315, which of course is Google. As a reminder, Deepwater, we are frustrated investors, investors currently frustrated with Google. And Doug, you've written a lot about this. I love your piece you did last weekend when you talked about is Google dead or, and uh, love for you just to kind of recap that thoughts and, and what we learned this week relative to how Google is navigating some of the challenges they've had uh, with their AI being, I would say, off track. I promise we didn't plan this uh, beforehand, but the takeaway from the is Google dead piece is that the odds are still that they should be uh, a big time player in AI, if not the winner. Why is that? Because they have obviously, number one, back to the point of capital, hugely uh, free cash flow generative business. They can fund any amount of investment they ostensibly want to do in AI, whether that's in infrastructure, whether that's in building new software. Um, so they've got capital. They've obviously got a huge base of talent. They've got data, 20 years of search, people telling Google what it is that they want. And then lastly, they have distribution. They've got multiple products, YouTube, uh, Chrome, uh, Android, all of which that have a billion users daily. So they have all the pieces that should enable them to be the leader. They just really haven't had the will to sort of go out in the market and really do it. OpenAI has shown that more. That was basically the, the take in the piece. And then we came out and we had uh, some of the issues with Gemini giving uh, obviously false, historically inaccurate uh, information and images and, and text responses, which has sort of continued and bled over into this week. That's prompted now a response from Sundar, the CEO at Google at Alphabet, um, basically just saying, you know, it, it was a mistake it's unacceptable and that they're going to do something about it. It felt, again, as shareholders in our, our core Titan fund, it felt pretty disappointing, I would say, in terms of a response. It felt very political, 
and I don't know that there was much substance behind it to really get us excited that Sunder is going to push this AI thing in the right direction. Yeah, well, the, uh, we are holding on there uh, relative to Google and also watching closely what how Elon's been responding to this. He's had, I would say, a field day over the past week uh, mocking what has happened with Gemini and talking about the concept of a truth-seeking AI. It's something that at Deepwater we believe strongly in, just this idea of having AI that really shoots for the center of the fairway and uh, ultimately just gets these things right, doesn't make the mistakes that Gemini is doing. And when uh, we think about how this plays out, I think X.AI is one of those companies that that gets a, a large amount of attention amongst private investors and the venture community talks a lot about it, but the public community still hasn't, I think, fully awoke uh, term that I'm sure Elon would love to the potential of X.AI. So um, we're excited about where X.AI ultimately is going to go. When you think about what AI companies have the potential to win really big, OpenAI is the most obvious one. Google, for all the reasons we just described, should also be in the picture. Um, I think that X.AI is really the wild card in the space. They've got you know, more unique data, in my opinion, than uh, Anthropic as a competitor. Um, Just through they, Twitter. Through Twitter, through X. I mean, I, I think you have the pulse of real time, like what is happening in the world. You can't really get that anywhere else. And, you know, we're seeing uh, Reddit going public, right? They're going to IPO soon. They just did a $60 million deal to share some of their data with Google. I'm sure they're going to do other deals with other AI players. So that data will become kind of commoditized. But the Twitter data is, is I think, really unique. And that's what makes X uh, and Grok, their, their uh, chat interface, so interesting. Because uh, not only do they have that unique data, but I also think they have this perspective that Elon has been very adamant about that he does want it to be a truth seeking AI. He's not really interested in playing these sort of, you know, politically correct games that we're seeing Google play, certainly with Gemini. There's been some accusations that OpenAI sort of does a little bit of the same thing, obviously not to the same extent. Um, so if you really want truth, if truth is important in this world where we're asking machines questions and we're trusting the answers all the time, I think truth is paramountly important. Uh, mm -hmm. because we're going to think these robots are being honest to us. And if they're not, for whatever reason, that's a bad outcome. Bad outcome, huge opportunity for Musk and company. On behalf of this week's Deep Tech 315, that's Doug. I'm Gene. Bye for now.